0: Welcome to Yoga Biz Camp with myself, Michael J. I'm a yoga business coach with 25 plus years of experience as a creative, a total tech geek, and a yoga business owner. Today I'm thrilled to welcome Katie Danzanti, a studio owner in Orlando, Florida, and fellow Mind Body Champ. Today, she shares what it was like opening a yoga studio with accessibility and inclusivity at the forefront for her business model and how she walks the talk. She also shares her personal resilience as a studio owner and making it through the pandemic and leaves us with some hope moving forward. Enjoy. So I'm thrilled to have Katie Donzanti with me today. Um, Katie Donzanti is a wife, a mother, a rebel change maker, an animal rescue advocate. She owns a thriving, accessible, and inclusive yoga studio called The Peaceful Peacock near downtown Orlando. As a passionate yogi entrepreneur, she's a punk rock creatrix seeking to bring yoga to diverse beings and honor yoga's roots. Katie is vocal about most yoga happening off the mat, and as a former digital marketing executive for Harley Davidson, Universal Orlando, and NBC, she brings a vibrant passion for digital creative solutions and logical user flows. Her team helps to change the world by offering all levels and accessible yoga seven days a week. So welcome, Katie.
1: Thank you for having me, Michael.
0: So the first thing I want to say, creatrix, I had to look that up. (laughs) And I found out it's a woman who is deeply connected to herself as a woman and feminine source of creative power. She gives rise to desires, gives birth to ideas and life of all kinds. Does that sound like you?
1: That is one way to describe me in a very unique way, in a word I had to look up.
0: (laughs) I did have to look that one up. So Katie, you um how long have you had your yoga studio for?
1: Uh, we are entering our fourth year of business now.
0: And I'd love to know um, because you are you have a different story to a lot of yoga studios, in fact that you that you are not a yoga teacher, but you opened this because you saw a need of somewhere you wanted to serve. So yeah. can you tell me about those that sort of need and how that came about and the concept around that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was a digital marketing executive for many years, um, very long hours, high stress, high pressure, deadline and solution driven in corporate settings my whole marketing career. Um, So that mode of work felt very normal to me, but it also started to leave me very burnt out, very hollow. And I just didn't feel like my talents and my passion were being used for anything I believed in. And I had started doing yoga. I was a student of yoga. Um, Yoga helped me really find stillness in the world, which isn't something that I was taught as a child or Really learned as an adult. And so then when I found yoga, I thought, gosh, what a powerful thing. And I started to go to more studios and I started to go to studios when I would travel. And in my own town, I kept seeing that I look just different enough um, that when I walk in a room, people want to talk to me. They want to talk to me about my hair, they want to talk to me about my tattoos. And sometimes, The comments from that aren't so good. They didn't make me feel good. The space didn't make me feel welcome. I'm not thin, I'm not flexible. All of these reasons that I've heard other people through the years say why they can't do yoga. And I also started to see it through the lens of just accessibility and who had access to yoga in my town. All of the studios were being operated out of pockets of affluence, and I just felt like there had to be a different way. There had to be a better way for my neighbors and my friends in the area that I live. And so I had kind of come to a point in my marketing career where I had done everything I set out to do, all of these milestones and goals that you have when you're a young marketing executive. I had checked those off and um, just... Kept a notebook of ideas about, gosh, I'd love to own a studio, talked myself out of it hundreds of times for a variety of reasons. And then one weekend um, just got feisty enough to take my notebook of ideas and tell my husband I was going to leave my marketing career and open up a studio. But I had no capital. I had no experience. I hadn't worked in a yoga studio. I had only been a student of yoga at that point.
0: Can you tell me? So the accessibility part—that's for you. That's financial accessibility, right? So your model is very different to what is going on in the rest of the world.
1: So um, accessibility has a lot of layers, and accessibility isn't doesn't always just have to be financial. Financial is a component of accessibility, but when you think about people coming into a space or a business, what do they need? You know, and what are the things that may be different people in different positions in different bodies in the body that they have today? how are we in modern day yoga studios not making things accessible? How are we making them exclusive? Mm-hmm. We price them out yeah. we're on a second story um, we're not using we're not addressing people's pronouns correctly you know so like that was something where I felt really passionate about looking at our facility, looking at our teaching team, looking at even how we market. Um, you'll notice when I do posts on social media, I always put an image description and that is so people with a, a visual disability can also enjoy and absorb and be marketed to and understand oh. what you're doing here. So those are, the, when I say um, accessible, it's really like a handful of different things yeah. that come together we're all working on and we're all learning on and um, they're they're getting more visibility day by day. We're learning more, you know, and just really trying to open up access. So when you hear traditional studios say yoga is for everybody, well, how do you walk that talk? How do you, how do you make it for everybody? If you're selling drop-ins at a rate that's not affordable for someone, then you're lying. So here we really walk our talk. If you are willing to try yoga, we are willing to help you. We don't know everything, but we're here. We're, We're willing to help. We're willing to learn together.
0: So when you, but you, your pricing model is different to what's going on now in the rest of the world, right? It It is, you are um, making it more accessible.
1: Yeah. So I don't typically fit into conversations with other yeah. businesses yeah. when it comes to pricing. And, um, you know, they really kind of operate on a supply and demand model. They... Yeah um, operate on, you know, just kind of the demographics of where they are and cater to a certain niche population. Yeah. And so by having a lower and accessible price point, you broaden that net and you open yeah. up ability. Yeah. But, um, I just, you know, myself and my team are really passionate about people having the ability to come and pay for it. And what would the world look like if if more people could afford yoga, we're yeah. doing yoga, bringing mindfulness into their workplaces, the roads, yeah. um, you know, standing in line at a grocery store. Like that's really kind of on a cellular level, what we're trying to do here. So yeah. pricing, whenever I get into pricing discussions with other studio owners, there's always this like, raise your prices, raise your prices. Yeah, and yeah. I'm in front of that going, no, 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 no. And here's why. And so have we had pricing increases over the years? Yes. Um, This is not a nonprofit, but I always try to, at the end of the day, go back to like, what is a reasonable amount of money for someone to pay that is achievable, budgetable, but Mm -hmm. also values what we're doing here.
0: I love that. Did you, did, um, so you, I mean, you came into this not knowing anything except for, Uh except for having something that you and I have in common. And that is a marketing background that really helps uh, run a yoga studio. But when you, that initial, you know, you had that concept, how was the hiring of people to be like-minded and, and to put a team together um, from nothing that are all on the same kind of path as you? How, how, can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: So in four years, I've never once had to place any sort of post or ad. All of my hiring and recruiting is done through word of mouth connections and just kind of the currency of trust. So I knew the teachers that I had gone to that I felt like were a really good cultural fit. Um, That then, you know, for one reason or another, had maybe left yoga, weren't teaching actively anymore. And I just started asking them, you know, you've left yoga, you're not in the industry, you're not doing yoga in this town. Like, put some feelers out, you know, the next time that you're at, you know, a a happy hour or something and you see somebody, like, ask them. But I kind of started to just like plant the seeds. With people that I trusted about that I was hiring. And then it just kind of took off. Because I think um, you know, just something that's a differentiator is teachers were curious to talk to someone that is coming from a business background and not a yeah. yoga teacher, yeah. someone that is really just dedicated and focused on the operations, the business and the leadership of a studio. Right. So it took me about two months of correspondence um taking demo classes networking and then uh i started i opened the studio with a team of 10.
0: oh wow and yeah. uh how, did you hire them based on the fact that they kind of met your mission and vision they they thought along the same terms as you or similar um same goals
1: same goals um okay. I think the ability to teach a yoga class it gets better with time and experience, but I can't teach you how to be a good person. I can't teach you how to believe, in- <laughs> and I can't teach you how to really believe in that most yoga is done off the mat or it should be that it's really not about the poses; it's about the structure and the tenets of yoga, and just kind of the lifestyle. But then also the talent of being able to work with diverse bodies, diverse populations, people coming with different requests, people that didn't feel comfortable in any other studio showing up on our door saying, I'm ready. And I want to try this. And like who was going to be the face and the heart on the other side of that saying, let's do this, let's do this together. That's really what I was looking for and got and really still have, um, you know, going into the fourth year now most of the original team is still here we've lost a few people along the way that's yep. nature yeah um but and and the longer we're together the more we learn the more we can cover and serve yeah uh, the more access we have to education as we go what do,
0: so, what do, you, what do you do to su- um what do you do to support your teachers because i i found when i had the studio a lot of my time was spent, you know, in a good way on building them up and helping them be the best teachers that they can be.
1: So what you get with me is very much, I am down for whatever. I am willing to do wild things, experiment, (laughs) you know, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Um, as long as it really makes sense from an operation logistics safety and brand standard with me um i'm really open and in that room in the studio i empower them to be the boss in that room i'm not telling them yoga i'm not you know everybody really brings i i always liken it to a buffet like we are we're stocking all of these dishes and some of them have different flavors and some you might try and not want to go back to. And some might be your favorite. And some pair well with others. And so it really, it's like kind of about having that buffet. But like, how do I support them would be like just ongoing discussions about feedback. Yeah. Um, it would, talking about their goals. What do they want to do? What are they seeing? We get together and talk about who are we seeing in the studio? Who aren't we seeing? And why aren't we seeing them?
0: Uh, and what do we see? Yeah.
1: You know? Um, how do we lead, how do we put social justice at the forefront of yoga and, and lead by example with that and work on being allies through this and this time. And so, um, I'm very accessible to them. I work in the back of the studio. I'm here probably let's, you know, realistically six days a week, if not seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think being visible, available, being open, Um, And then just being like, they always know where they stand with me is another way that I think we really support um, and and have a really great team dynamic here.
0: Right. So um, this is a business podcast. So I'm kind of curious now when you started, how or even now, how your marketing background helped you create your business? Because I'm I'm imagining that that was a, a, a big asset.
1: Um, Marketing was the only thing I knew how to do and do well in this. And um, I believe everyone should go through that experience in life where you're an utter and total novice at something and, and fail, (laughs) you know, I would walk into like state or local jurisdiction licensing offices to, to get my business paperwork and they would treat me like an intern you know, and just the experience of that, like coming off of having produced Super Bowl spots and then having someone <laughs> really talk down to you, like it's very leveling and it's very humbling. So um, I didn't know how to do anything but marketing and marketing was really what I, you know, kind of held up when I went after the space. I, I met with my landlords and I said, you know, they their first question is, have you ever run? Do you have you owned a studio? And I'm like, no. And then they said, well, "Have you worked at one, Elise? Have you worked at the front desk?" And I said, "No. You know, And I just said, "I'm a really good marketer, and I promise you I can get people in here." And if that is like like I promise I will do it." and they they were um gracious and supportive enough to take a chance on me. But it was having that branding background, understanding how to craft messaging. Yeah. understanding really like the life cycle engagement and stages of the funnel from awareness to conversion to then just how you you retain those your biggest fans over yeah. time um you know layered into the experience in the studio the design of the room how you feel how we talk to each other when we're in the space is all very intentional here
0: with the you've got the marketing background how did you learn the how to put a structure in place for the business? Um, oh, I because kind of, I know well, you're I a big did. part of Mind Body, and you're a big part of the Champs, and uh, you know. And I know there's a lot of support in there, so I'm kind of curious how you learned how to put that structure in place.
1: I took the structure that I sort of knew from coming from corporate working locations and. So I knew, like, I was really clear on HR. Like, I knew how HR really worked and flowed. And I developed a guidebook. Um, Mm -hmm. Decent at writing policies. Because of the marketing and, and, you know, what we would use in marketing at my previous jobs, like, I had a strong legal background. I understood what would get me sued or get me in trouble (laughs) and, like, avoid those situations or get policies written to be able to protect the business. Um but as far as like learning it's it's grit, it's being open it's like accepting loss defeat, learning from your mistakes yeah. leveraging the the strengths of the people around you mm-hmm. when I found someone on my team that was good at something that I wasn't like put them in that slot, make it happen right um, you know and asking for help and then I really, started to kind of build a team of, of trusted advisors, consultants, um, you know, people that keep the peaceful peacock alive, well, healthy, and mm-hmm. are, are knowledgeable in the areas that I'm not. And also I love to work with people whose brains don't work like mine.
0: Yeah. So you hired a consultant
1: I did. and
0: uh, we both know her and she's, you know, very wonderful consultant and very different to you.
1: She's very different to me. If you saw us out having dinner, you'd be like, what's going on here? (laughs) You know, we couldn't be more different. But it is through that contrast that I think the strength of how we collaborate, but then also like the positive outcomes that we've been able to kind of create together. And it's because she is a very black and white thinker. Um, Very
0: data driven and...
1: Yeah, she's very data driven. She's very linear. Um, she really makes good sense. Whereas I'm a little bit more, I think in color and sound, I get overly excited about things that might not lift the needle all that much, but yeah. make me happy in my heart. And she would also just kind of remind me of who I am and what I set out to do when I needed that. So I'm a huge believer in keeping those people in your back pocket. Yeah. And and, you know, like depending on, I think there's consultants and I think there's mentors and and people have various relations with that. But like I'm an advocate of working with someone and letting you be their project. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I love that. And I love the fact that you embraced somebody that was the complete polar opposite of you. But I think that brings balance into your business, right? Because you've got that you know crazy creative side and marketing what have you and then to have somebody balance that out with the you know the the hard numbers and the forecasting and all of that stuff i can imagine that was a great thing for you
1: yes and in the moments where i really needed to be pushed to do things to do hard things like have a price increase yeah. have strict policies about no show yeah. um you know like Really get firmed up on a couple of HR things. There were people on the staff that I loved, loved, loved as humans, but professionally were taking away from the work that we were doing, you know. And so she just really was an anchor, still is, um, just an anchor for me. It just keeps me like really tethered because I would be up here in Oliver if, if for without these people. <laughs>
0: yeah, and. Um, so, you, I mean, you, I think you've had some great guidance along the way. And so, you've got this wonderful, thriving business that's got structure to it. And then we've gone through the last year and a half where kind of everything's kind of got thrown up. And you have been, um, I think, you know, I see you as a mind body champ. I see you in the mind body one forums. And I see that you really utilize community and support within the community. And I think you get, you, uh, help people, but you also ask a lot of questions in there too.
1: Yes. Um, community is huge for me. Um, when it comes to leveraging the support and wisdom of your peers, yeah. um, it is about bringing up discussion topics and sometimes they're hard and sometimes they're fun. Yeah. Um, it is about, I think I, I do a lot of learning in those situations too, where it is, you know, people handle things differently and I have a pretty consistent way of handling things as me, but sometimes just hearing someone else's perspective who operates in a different wavelength is really helpful to me yeah. because either it allows me to be able to adjust in that moment, or it validates for me what I'm doing. So community, and as far as just like connecting to each other and supporting each other. And also if you live this life, there is relatively no one else that can relate.
0: you're solo, yeah.
1: So the ability to like, uh, you know, in person or digitally look into someone else's eyes and say, I get you, yeah, and I understand, and I am sorry, and that sucks. Yeah. And that is amazing. And you're doing it like that really matters. And do my friends tell me that stuff? Yes. Does my husband tell me that stuff? Yes. But like coming from someone that really understands what your lifestyle is like, yeah. is like, it's just solid gold.
0: Yeah. And as a, as a studio owner, I've been there, you are kind of on your own in your own little world there. So to have those connections and then the other thing in the mind body one farm, what that I noticed at the beginning of the pandemic was there was all these studios that started going council memberships and they just did you know everything free on youtube or free instagram or what have you and in the mind body one community everybody was like really supportive of each other going no don't do that don't cancel don't and i just really f- felt that that was a strong leadership area for everybody to come together and, and say, yeah, as a community, let's not cancel our memberships. And.
1: um, I mean, it's unlike anything we've ever seen. And there was no guidebook. There was no, there was no structure. We were all being given, you know, different information from our local authorities, our national authorities who, who have never spent a day in our businesses talk to us And really just trying to make it up as we go. And without that community, I don't know that I would have personally survived in my heart. Yeah, yeah. Studio would have really made it out because, um, you know, we just all got together. We got together on Zoom. We talked. We cried. We would send documents. You know, there's a real open sharing of knowledge, which is really important to me because it, it goes against traditionally what you see. In businesses where they're gatekeeping and they're like, well, I, I did something, but I'm not gonna show you. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the yeah. community, like, I have this, take this, or like, use this as a guidepost, or I hear you talking about problem XYZ. I may have a solution for that, you know? And so you get what you give with this group. And I get so much, just even from, you know, people will see different things on social and they'll say, like, I really liked your post, you know, the way that you described this updated policy or the way that you, you know, handled that interaction with a client and turned it around. You know, we, there's so much available to you if you're willing to just kind of spend the time and, and cross-check knowledge.
0: Yeah. Resilience this last year. So, you know, how have you mentally gone through it because I know here I mean we're still on partial lockdowns here and it's it's uh open close open close open close and I know the studios I work with it's that wears thin after a while (laughs) and so can you sort of talk about that how you've mentally Mm
1: -hmm.
0: been able to you know get through this
1: um there have been several stages of grief involved in that there have been several um versions and iterations of myself of my mental health um i am a person with real determination grit uh i believe that the impossible is possible the byproduct of that is i don't know when to stop i don't know when to let go i will work all day and all night i will burn the candle at both ends I, you know, I have a a four-year-old, like I, I was full-time mothering through most of that. Um, and it, it really came down to the resilience really spun out of granting myself grace to just accept like none of that was my fault. I could have never planned for that nothing that I had done in the previous two to three years of business was ultimately going to save the studio from what happened and the extended length of time. So I really, I think like acceptance and resilience are like twins. Like I think they're like really close siblings that you can't have one without the other. Mm. Um, so, you know, through acceptance I sort of then, got resilient and the more you practice with resilience the better you get at it and resilience too is just it's a lot of like state of mind it's like what is the world that you're living in and so you know when you read my bio earlier I always say I own a thriving yoga studio yeah well is that a little bit of puffery right now because we're still really struggling and really down and really in the red coming off last year maybe? But if you're redefining thriving, which I think we have done, then yes, absolutely. I own a thriving
0: yoga studio. <laughs> it's a lot of and attitude. Right? It's
1: all about attitude and it's all about like choosing, you know, choosing kind of your day and, and none of us could have accounted for that. We didn't know what we were doing. We did the best we can. And I remember too, in the beginning, you know, getting on some of these, these team calls with other owners across the country and feeling less than feeling like i wasn't doing enough like i i wasn't creating like a robust live streaming platform at the time but i physically couldn't their lives were different than mine their resources were different than mine and so i threw out comparison too and you know like there were a lot of standards that we had prior to to last year that then i just kind of threw out the window like i used to post on, we had very curated social messages every day. It was programmed for months out. That all went away. You know, those plans went away. That content went away. Like, that didn't even matter. Yeah, yeah. And there were days that I couldn't get out of bed. And I didn't get out of bed. And I didn't post on social. And it didn't change a thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I agree with that history of, you know, the history... I mean, I'm working with studios where the KPIs, key performance indicators, mean nothing right now. Like, they, the oh. his, historical data yeah. means nothing because it's, it's like for everybody, it feels like a complete reset from here moving forward.
1: Totally, totally agree. Um, and I just, I think you ha- once you get a little momentum too of like, you know, just moving forward. Um, I, I worked hard to get out of this mindset of I have to keep everyone safe.
0: Yeah, I'd like to talk I about that.
1: Save the studio. When yeah. you when you use the verbiage and the positioning of I have to save something, it's very daunting. And so I kind of also there were two really big evolutions for me tied into that, which is I went into the pandemic with horrible almost suffocating imposter syndrome of like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to get found out and <laughs> I'm seat of my pants here. And now I'm like, no, I am good at this. Like I weathered this storm and I'm, I'm good at this and I want to do this. Um, And, and the other part of it was just like, how much other people gave to me and supported me. I mean the late night phone calls or, you know, like, <laughs> when you know there there were people that like could tell i'd get on zoom calls and they were like you're not yourself what's going on and just like being able to like lean into those bonds helps resilience it helps you get back up because on the days you don't believe in yourself someone else believes in you
0: uh yeah that's wonderful yeah i uh, this morning um we were on a champ call together and that was a, I loved how you was, were talking today about taking the pressure off having to keep everybody else safe. And I, I, I had a conversation with a student yesterday that said, well, I'm not going to go back to the studio until the studio can prove that everybody's vaccinated and they, they can keep me safe. And, and, and it's just such a, I mean, it's, we're in different spots all over the world right now and things are, and you're in Florida, which is opening up now, but you had a conversation this morning about taking the pressure off yourself about saving or keeping everybody safe. Do you mind talking about that?
1: No. And I think, you know, we have those conversations and I hear that and I understand where that student is coming from. I understand that being the lens. I understand the impact of fear um, the impact of things being unknown, the impact of going into a room of people who you don't know where they've been, what they're doing, what health choices they've made in their life, and that being a really significant challenge and, and fear to overcome. Um, and I think that you know we have responsibility in the wellness community to hold hands, have those talks. But we also, you know, that line of like, what am I responsible for? What are you responsible for? For a really long time, I my line was 100%. I was 100% responsible for keeping people, everyone here safe, the, the staff, the students. And we did that through a variety of protocol. But then time continued and things changed. Data shifts. And so I got to a place with it where I just started to feel like things were not healed. Things were not 100% better. I don't know when that's going to happen. But if you're living very presently, the day to day, people were, I was getting indicators that people were ready to come back and they were ready to come back in a certain way. And so then I really just planned for that, messaged for that. And there's going to be people that don't want to come back for their reasons. And I support the reasons. I do. Yeah. (laughs) There's people that are ready to come back and, you know, we're here and, you know, this is all going to move and and continue to kind of like shift and change. Um, But I would have to ask that person, that person that's saying like, unless you can prove to me that people are vaccinated and I would have to throw out my hands and say, I can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh,
1: what of what is of what you know? What of what we have now is people's business, and everyone has an opinion on that, and that's okay, Um, you know. But like, as a small business owner, as a yoga studio owner, I just had to like really sit with, and I had to redraw that line for myself.
0: And you, you and I may
1: redraw it again. I don't
0: know. Yeah, and you said something about that. It took a lot of pressure off of you to. Put the responsibility back on the person to keep themselves safe or something like yeah. that?
1: You know, I think in yoga, we talk a lot about agency and we talk about autonomy and we talk about, you know, the, the choices and the advocacy that you have for yourself in yoga. Um, you know, whether it's like, you're, you know, no hands on adjustments or, you know, not wanting to, you know, being invited to like close your eyes in Shavasana versus told close your eyes like that (laughs) about you know giving some of that back to people and saying you have the power like you are the best advocate and judge of what you need so you take that you think about that and like let me know how I can help
0: are you back in full capacity in Florida or you're limited
1: you could be. Um, we are not. We are running about half capacity and we're not full to half capacity. I would say we're probably 25 percent as far as actual attendance. Um, and then our mask policy is in line and applies with what's happening at a state and local yeah. level.
0: And what do you think, um, you know, as the next stages for your business, you know, I mean, and we, we can, I, I feel like right now it's very hard to plan anything. You know, It's kind of a month yes. of a, a month at a time right now with my studios. Um, Cause it's very difficult with, you know, different capacities. What do you feel that the next stages for your business? Do you, do you, do you have any, and, and, and how can you build back or win back? customers and any thoughts on, cause you're a marketing whiz. Like, can you think that the messaging might be able to help there?
1: Um, I think the messaging can definitely help. I think, um, for us right now, it's about new students again. Um, I'm almost just like really going back to the fundamentals of year one.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so we're not building from the ground up, you know, things have changed. We've, people have moved, people have lost jobs, they have canceled memberships, all that sort of happened. It's still happening. It still remains. Um, I also think it's worth acknowledging how much the price of like just certain things in the world have gone up Mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it comes, it has to come from somewhere. And sometimes it's going to be the yoga or the wellness budget. Um, What is the next phase acquiring new students? The next phase is um, breathing new life slowly, slowly resuscitating our schedule. So we went from about 40 classes a week down to 14. We're at 21. And so continuing to add in more of those times that were top performers prior to this at a slow and sustainable rate. Mm. Uh, It is constantly reevaluating compensation for my teachers because it's still on the low end since things have not snapped back very fast for us here and having ongoing discussions about that. Um, and then just, even though I think it's really important, even though I don't know that I'll ever feel completely like I'm digging out of the hole that 2020 slash 2021 left for me, still thinking about the future and dreaming and speaking things into the universe and yeah. making plans for, fullness and, you know, um, not letting myself think small just because the revenue is still kind of in the tank. And so, um, I, I think that is also important just from a sort of leader mentality of like keeping my staff and my students engaged, like, look, like we're still making plans. We're still making plans to be here for a very long time. We have so many ideas. We were just getting warmed up when this all started. So we're, getting back into the mode we're getting back into you know how do we plan great events again and you know how do we are there any modifications that we make to the space you know like
0: yeah.
1: here we plan to still be here it does this space still serve that's the next for me that's going to be from now until the end of the year
0: yeah i love that having that optimism and hope and i think we're all living in hope right now of of getting to somewhat of a normality, whatever that looks like now, uh, we don't know. So let's uh, kind of round this up with uh, just a few fun things about yourself. Um, you're a wild and crazy gal, so let's see. What uh, is there anything that some um, about you that most people wouldn't know? Is there one thing?
1: I had to ask around about this because I feel like. I <laughs> Like an open and forward way. I'm like, everyone knows everything. Like, there's nothing. Open book. So, the, I got three funky responses. The first <laughs> is, um, I have a tattoo of Elvis's face on my rib cage.
0: That would have hurt.
1: That, that jet black hair. <laughs> uh, the second is, if I wasn't doing this, I would either be somebody that owned like a fancy fun cheese shop <laughs> to talk to people about cheese or a a dog trainer. <laughs> um, And the third thing was, oh, they wanted me to bring, I have a bearded dragon in my office and they said, you should put her on camera. <laughs> 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 I'm a reptile lady. I love reptiles. So those are the things most people probably don't know about me. <laughs> me an open book and I think you get a real slight the, the creatrix yeah when-
0: <laughs> the creatrix yeah my my new word for the day um so um a favorite business tool website yeah. or app that something has you know sort of helped you on the business side of things that you use or-
1: this mine is a super basic one and I'm a time blocker
0: ah so
1: I take my to that do me too. Yeah, and I correlate it to the time it's going to take me to do those things, and then I slot those into the week, into time things, and and make almost appointments with myself to yeah. get things done. Um, the other kind of business tool that has really come out of last year for me is I charge certain people now. Like I, There are causes or people that come to me, and I charge for brain picking.
0: Ah, that's... Yeah, yeah, I
1: get a lot of requests for, I want to leave my job. Can you tell me how you left yours? I want to own a business. Can I pick your brain? I'm opening a new business and would love your insight on marketing. Can I pick your brain? And so I do, of course, hand out a healthy dose of favors on that stuff, but also to really value the time and have sort of an equitable meeting, that was importantly. So I've started charging for brain picking.
0: I see a future consultant in the making here.
1: All this excess time I have. Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you, so you live, I mean, you live by your calendar. That's probably, probably.
1: I do. That's, that's
0: everything to me. My calendar. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm constantly chasing ease and like lightness, you know, in yeah. that. Um, But I'm responsible for a whole community here of hearts and souls. I'm responsible for a household um, and I take a lot of responsibility on for the world, you know, yeah. um, and the change that I want to see.
0: So, a last question: What is a, a favorite personal fun website app where you uh, might my hang out?
1: Is Marco Polo? Have you heard of Marco Polo? No, tell me. Marco Polo is. Um, I'm just gonna. I'll pull it up. I'll show it on my phone. Marco Polo is a video messaging app. Um, the icon for it looks like a beach ball and basically like message back and forth with people and Marco Polo saved 2020 for me because it helped me to stay connected to my staff, to my friends. And it's kind of like texting in a video format. So when you, you go to text and you're like, it's too much to text. Yeah. Well, instead of like calling or FaceTiming that person and you both have to, you know, like be there at the same time, you can send a Marco Polo and like, like, here's my brother. That's awesome that you do that. And I'm really glad. And, you know, um, he lives in Wisconsin and I talk to, uh, my dog trainer all the time, you know, I'll send her videos of my dog and she'll come back and tell me. Oh, don't let him do that. And and so Marco Polo, oh. I hope to become a Marco Polo influencer, Marco Polo if you're watching. <laughs> up. But this is like my number one app and I try to convert everyone to using it because it just helps me stay way more connected.
0: So why is it different than just sending a video message by iMessage or text?
1: Um, I'm a person that like cleans out my texts and like cleans out my inbox and um I like the ability to like go back. Also, I mean, Let's be honest, there's fun stuff in it. There's voice filters, there's video filters. There's. Okay, all right. And like if you're watching a Marco Polo, you can take notes. So then when you respond back to the person, you can take notes in the app and then respond. And then the notes overlay their face. So you can be responding to them, cover all those points.
0: I think video communication is a huge thing. I just installed on my website a video ask. And so for people to get into my new uh, yoga biz camp community, they go through a a, a little, it's me talking on video, but what was cool yesterday, I went to the beach and I got somebody asking, uh, went through the process asking to be in the community and from the beach, I was able to respond by video, saying, "Hey, thanks for the entrance. I'll be sending you an email," and they just loved how personalized that was. So, um yeah. I love it. Well, it, Katie, sorry,
1: in each other's faces, yeah, like, in, like everybody's a mouse, right? So it's just yeah. nice, and I think it's more impactful, you know, to say like you can say to somebody in a text, "Good job," but if you're in a video going, "Good job," like it, it changes. Yeah, the yeah, text. yeah.
0: Especially when you can see the eyes in people. Yeah, Um, Katie, thank you. How do people find you?
1: Um, Definitely look for Funky Hair on the Streets of Orlando. (laughs) That's the first first telltale sign. The second is you are always so, so welcome to email me. It's info at peacefulpeacockorlando.com. I accept all fan mail, um, (laughs) ideas, questions, suggestions, hair color, inspiration pictures, pictures of your dogs, send all that. (laughs) Um, And then follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Facebook is just backslash Peaceful Peacock Orlando and Instagram is at Peaceful Peacock Orlando. And if you liked what you saw today, there's plenty more of that relatable content on both of those platforms. you.
0: (laughs) Katie, thank you so much for sharing your your wisdom and your experience oh and, your, and your resilience. I have a lot of admiration for how you've kind of come out on through this and come out on the other side. And I love that you are looking forward with uh, a great, hopeful attitude. So thank you.
1: Very much. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a real blast.
0: Thank you. This is Yoga Biz Camp. This is my new by invite only dedicated space to support yoga businesses. It's like Facebook, but without all the noise and clutter. Here you will find all my resources, including free monthly fireside chat, business question and answer time with myself, and along with all of my different communities from studios to solos to the inner circle, here you'll find guest interviews with leaders in our industry and as well as all of my free resources it all in one dedicated space. I will also be running all of my courses out of here and the next one is a summer camp. It's eight weeks for solo yoga businesses to create a registered series. If you're ready to become the next Yoga Beers champ and get private invite into my free community support space, go to yogabeerscamp.com, click on Yoga Beers Camp and I will see you on the inside. forget to like, comment, and subscribe on our podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Thanks a million.